Look, if everybody just puts down their beer for a minute, I could play the intro. Oh, oh you are asking for a lot there, pal, just for All your right. intro. All right, here it comes. Welcome to Everyone Racers, a podcast designed for the world of low-dollar racing and oddball car culture. Whatever kind of LaChump or track dog you run, SCCA or NASA, we won't discriminate. We even think you Drifto Hella Flush guys are all right, as long as you've built it yourself and drive it hard. Join us each week for tech discussions, tips, tricks, news and notes from the world of low buck racing. And if you can handle it, Chrissy will give you just the tip. I'll be your pit marshal. My name is Jeff. Everyone report to the paddock. That's your turn. That's your cue, Chris. Oh, it's I can't tell who you're pointing at. Hey, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome to Everyone Racers. We have made it to a fourth week. Amazingly, we're still here and still trying this, and maybe we now are up to five or six people listening. Hi, Chrissy's mom. So uh, I am Chris. Hi, Chrissy's mom. I'm Chrissy. And I'm mental. And as I mentioned already, I am Jeff, and we are here to talk about everything, including what you're working on. Who wants to go first? I think we all want to hear from Chris. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we do. We really, really do. Okay. Well, Everyone who's a Facebook friend knows exactly what we're talking about. Chris, tell us what's going on. Last weekend, we drove 1,800 miles in 48 hours, including stopping to sleep for the night, to pick up our new NSX. It is... Oh, that's supposed to be the angels yeah. singing. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is choice. I highly suggest picking one up if you have the means. <laughs> But the trip was, went really well. We really didn't hit any tr- traffic, minimal traffic on the way home in D.C., but all the way down, we just roll through. We're really pretty good on the yeah. road. Uh, we do it a lot. So, so yeah, You guys have had tons of experience. And Suburban ran like a champ all weekend. No problems. Yeah, I do. It's amazing. It's, it says, <laughs> it says Yukon XL on it, but that's a stupid name, so it's a suburban. It is, it is, you know what? It is a stupid name, and I thought of something after our last conversation, because I always call mine uh, the bourbon. You could call yours the Khan, like Wrath of Khan, and then that way, every time you could just go, Khan! Which, if we had like a reverb, that would just come out really, really good. That would get tiring. Chris, you'd be like, well, which car are you taking? <laughs> Khan! Like, well, so, I, you, so you mean the sub? Yes. The sub. Whatever. You know, it's interesting that we all drive or tow with whatever they call them, new body style, GMT, GMT whatever. Eight, GMT 800. Yes. GMT 800, thank you. And we all call them absolutely completely different things, and we all have slightly different flavors. Thank you, General Motors Badge Engineering. That, that, sure. That's a fascinating point, because... Uh, mine, mine's called Snowflake because when I said that, my wife said, and this was before Snowflake became like the political term du jour. Uh, my wife said, this sounds like a stripper's name. And I'm like, oh, Snowflake it is. <laughs> She's a little big, but, uh, you know. She is a little big. That's what you like. Very Good big. for you. Yeah, yeah, hey, you know, people still stuffing dollar bills in there. So, yeah. You uh, well, probably put a lot when you fill it up. I was going to say, <laughs> I think I win the fill up battle with the 8.1 liter in my avalanche but i lose i lose whenever it rains because my shit gets wet so what are you gonna do (laughs) that's That's you do lose (laughs) and when the avalanche finally rusts away i'm coming up there i'm getting it and that thing is going in my lovely rust free 1500 suburban just so i can make every mustang gt angry hey hang on 
when the avalanche rests away. He's <laughs> <laughs> working on it. It's not the most janky truck that he's owned. No. So it's pretty great. It's far that's, from the most janky truck he's owned. That is so sad. Never buy a truck from Long Island. Chris, we were talking about, more about you know, the NSX. On. The NSX, really, the, the, my favorite part about it is the view of the road you get out of the front of this thing. You are so low to the ground. You're sitting on the ground. The windshield is expansive and low, and it's it, it's mental. Remember in the Discovery, you had the most incredible seating position in the world. You had the command seating. You're up high. The glass yes. is low. You feel like you have an incredible view that you don't get in modern cars. Modern cars, for safety reasons and style reasons, the window line is up by your neck, and yeah. it ruins the view. This car, you are sitting up in the F-16 style cockpit, which is the intent of the designer of the car. The view is amazing and because the hood just slopes down because there's nothing there except the spare tire in the ABS system. You, basically, the windshield, the, the road runs right into the bottom of the windshield, essentially. So you have a, an amazing view of the road. You feel like you're going a million miles an hour anyway. And with the top off on a nice day, it it it's just a wonderful car. It's so easy to drive. Like you can just, I went to the grocery store in it. It's not a big deal. It does everything well. And then when you hammer on it, it's shifting at 8,000 RPM. It really moves. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, and I've driven three of them and you are absolutely spot on. You just have like enough of a hint of the fenders to give you perspective when you're going down there. And it, but the rest of it, it's, it, yeah, it's just road straight into the windshield and, even though you're sitting low on the ground, you never feel uh, like you, you've you got your MGA and I had an old MG midget. You never feel vulnerable like you do in one of those small cars, even though you're lower to the ground. You you feel solid. You feel in command. Nothing's sneaking up on you. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's, that's one of the best assessments, I think, of that driving car that I've ever heard. You do worry about the people in their brodos or pickups who definitely can't see you when they're anywhere next to you. Um, Really? Because like, it's a pretty flashy car. It doesn't matter. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just not looking. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, as someone who like drives a lot of Miatas and stuff. I mean, it's, it's similar, but it's even lower than Miata. Like, you're looking up at Camry's. Like, hey, what's up, Camry? And he still wanted to lower it because it's got let, some wheel gap. Let's be honest, everybody. Nobody looks up to a Camry. <laughs> You know hey. what's obnoxious? Either either I'm getting old or that car. Because I got a chance to drive the new Camry that they're touting around, and I alarmingly enjoyed it. Well, you know, if you're going to say, hey, Mom, you need a car, like that's what you'd pick, though. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, 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 Absolutely. it's a car for people who don't care about cars, but it, I'm sorry. It, it is a phenomenal car. Mazda 3. Sure. Mazda 3 that's all we decided. Or Honda Accord. Yeah. Okay, Accord, we're yeah. still so, working on things. Now we've digressed okay. again. So other things I'm working on. Barely do. Emergency bathroom remodel. This is exactly oh. what I wanted to be redoing this week because <laughs> the, the Civic still needs a head gasket. The MG is still in storage. The NSX is here. Uh, yeah, we uh, we we found that our downstairs powder room, the toilet was leaking. We flushed the toilet. I was Chrissy flushed the toilet. I was down in the basement in the in the gym, and I hear a splash splash in the floor in the utility area and oh that's no good so i start looking and yeah apparently the wax seal had been leaking for a while we didn't notice and so that damaged the hardwood floor and so that's to fix the hardwood floor that's going to come up well the wainscoting's on top of the hardwood floor but the wainscoting was slightly damaged so i got to pull that and I, when i put it on seven years ago i put it on a little too high so it was interfering with the light switch so it's a good excuse to redo it so right now the bathroom all the wainscoting's off the floor is out all the fixtures are out. I just put some drywall mud compound on it to smooth off the holes and 
we're going to tile the floor and put new wainscoting, proper, actual, solid wood wainscoting on it, redo the trim. Yeah. Which answers the question, what happens when your OCD chief mechanic of your race team has to remodel a bathroom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a work weekend to make everybody else get it done. Yeah. 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 Well, well, this is now the, the, the third bathroom in the house that I remodeled, but the first one I've done twice. I did this one for already. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the other two are, are even worse, especially our master bathroom has all kinds of weird stuff in it. But Me- mental, you, you I know you haven't spent a lot of time in Chris and Chrissy's downstairs bathroom, but oh no, no, that's that is a it is a lovely Cape Cod esque place to drop a deuce. I uh, I, I, I have I, to say I really enjoyed it. I have to say that <laughs> I am always thrilled because it's so cute. They put little pictures of each other on the beach when they were children, like <laughs> hanging up in the thing, and and Chris is there in his underwear, like it's not. A, and I was like. Damn, Chris was so poor, he didn't even have a bathing suit as a child. And every time I'm in there taking a squirt, I say, damn it, Chris's mom, I know you're listening. Why didn't you give the kid a, a bathing suit? Yep. We will not talk about the, hey. the lovely Chris's mom that way. When, uh, I, when I go to spend a week with my dad, somehow it didn't end up in the bag. So I'm, I'm like <laughs> I'm like three. They're like, whatever. And that's the one you chose to put up in the bathroom? It's the only one I, don't I know. Whatever. Whatever. Oh, back to it. What else? See, it's 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 you're, you're, in, you're, in there, you're in there taking a squirt. Dude, you, you needed to like actually sit down and get a little seat time. You know, bond. Bond with the Cape Cod bathroom. <laughs> You know, I as soon as he said that wainscoting was up too high, I'm like, he's going to talk about that light switch. I've meditated on that light switch. Oh, that light switch! I, I know. Oh, that light the light switch. switch. I'm going to fix rid- the light switch. This is ridiculous. The wainscoting <laughs> is above the area of the light I switch. I had no idea so many had people were so upset pop, by this. I started on the opposite around. wall and I go all the way around. I'm like, this is great. I don't have to trim it as much. And then I get to that one. I go, oh. <laughs> well, and you thought about rewiring it for about 10 minutes because I've been redoing a bunch of stuff in this house. And like, if it doesn't, and I'm like, oh, what's harder? Taking off this damn trim or just moving the switch? Yep. You know, I thought this was a car podcast. Let's move on. <laughs> what are you working on? Um, I, something about grease or oil or something. Not much. I went with Chris to uh, to get the NSX. Uh, like I said, we had a great trip. We went to uh, went down, uh, made it to northern North Carolina on, uh, before we stopped for the night, which was uh, pretty, which is better than we planned, uh, south of Roanoke. And then we uh, made it down to Jackson. We slept in a nice hotel. So I made it to Jacksonville the next day, uh, about 2.45 ish, uh, picked up the car. Uh, the guy was great, really nice. Uh, paperwork was really easy. We drove it around the block of a gated community just to make sure it shifted. Everything was, the car is just more glorious than the picture showed, uh, more than better than we expected. So we were Okay. Really so excited. you're, you're in a gated community that you don't live in. How do you resist the temptation to just bust up a smoky donut just right there? You know? <laughs> Pretty much. Well, we had a little tag that said that the car belonged there. And we also had a heck of a time trying to get in with the trailer. We we didn't park on the right side. And the guy that the gatekeeper was mad at us and blah, blah, blah. So we just wanted to get out of there. Like, that's really what it happened. Yeah, sorry, they're park. Paul Blart, but I don't damn well live here. So that's pretty much what happened. Men- so- mental real quick. Um, smoky Donut. Does that go in the same category as trouser cough from last week? I just want to be sure. Not bad. 
That's that's called a callback. It's a comedy thing. Thanks. Good, good call. Chrissy, keep um, going. So our so we were a little concerned about getting the NSX on the trailer because the trailer was up a little high and the NSX is pretty low. But fortunately, we uh, jacked up the trailer and it knocked it down a little bit and uh, and we got it on the trailer with no problem. Lowering it will totally solve that problem. I know that's great. Yeah. Well, we don't have to tow it very often. We're going to drive it, so it's cool. <laughs> and um, it's the Honda, so yeah, you won't have to tow it very often. We got back in the car, uh, drove back up to north of Fayetteville, and the only thing we had uh, a pretty big, pretty bad storm in between Savannah and and Jacksonville. So uh, we drove through quite a bit of rain, but other than that, it was good. Um, and then north of Fayetteville, stopped for the night, had Waffle House in the morning because you got to do that when you're in the south. Damn and then made it home on Sunday um, about 3.30 and then we uh, washed the cars, so the Merc really needed a wash and then we had to wash all the bugs off. So we went through some serious bug storms on the way uh, down and back, I think. Uh, probably at night on uh, Saturday night. Yeah. So we wanted damn to wash south. Yeah, I all mean, their like, damn bugs. It was pretty pretty serious. Well, we're doing this podcast in February, and I'm complaining because it's 50 degrees, and you guys are talking about shoveling to get out of your driveway. We'll have this conversation again. That sounds great. <laughs> sounds good to me. So, Mental, what are you working on? Oh, hold on. I have one more thing. So, Oh, sorry. Um, so uh, we also had to swap our fridges, so we did that uh, because Ooh. we got a new fridge, and we had to get rid of our old fridge that was broken. And also this week I am prepping for the race because my schedule gets infinitely busy in the next two weeks. So I am uh, prepping for the race. Who knew Sub-Zero's weighed 650 pounds? It's kind of a bear to get into the kitchen. Yeah, probably. Mental, what are you working on? Mental is working on nothing. He has been too busy this week. We had a uh, drill meet Saturday. I got another one here in two weeks. Uh, It was our our opening one of the season. My kids did really, really well. And, uh, yeah, rivalry practice. And then we got PSATs next week. So I have been scrambling. There's been a couple times I've come home to the dogs and they're staring at me with their eyeballs floating going, yeah, whatever, open door now. Me, me need to go outside. Yep, I've so. been there too. Another uh, rough week of work of week, blah, 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 work, week of work for old Jeffers. Um, it is coming up on university weekend, which is like homecoming and family weekend and all that other crap. So I've been busy as hell. But I did manage to get the avalanche out, get some work on the brakes. No. Wow. I know. You had nothing I, I, else to do? No, no, it's not that I had nothing else to do. Well, I had, that's, uh, that's I, been, that's so been two years. So your two-and-a-half-ton truck will now finally stop? Kind of. No, I didn't Sometimes. say I fixed anything. <laughs> I said I worked on it. I mean, the brakes have been a problem for like two years now. And, uh, absolutely, absolutely. So I'm still getting ABS issues, but I have uh, narrowed it down. I know which wheel is locking, which wheel is not walk- locking. I pulled out the multimeter. I checked all the voltage in the uh, in the old uh uh, uh, whatever RV seven blade plug there, so it seems to be wired correctly. Um, but the pedal is definitely soft and low, which makes me wonder because I've replaced every single thing in the brake lining in the last last year. So um, yeah, but the rear brakes don't seem to be grabbing very well. Take it out, lock it up. Take it out, lock it up. Take it out, lock it up. Rear discs cold. I shouldn't say cold. Barely warm. So you don't really need them, right? I know, but I got to chase it. I got to chase it because the pedal is definitely soft and I don't know what's going on. Damn GM brakes, man. This this is me being dumb, but is there like a proportioning valve or something? in? Oh, yeah. Replace that. 
See, my GM truck has great brakes, and they're the exact same ones that Jeff had because it's a three-quarter ton Suburban and Avalanche with the exact same chassis. Yeah, They were great until the line went rusty and oh, broke. Oh, yeah. Well, that happens to every GMT in an 800 truck is the, the brake lines rust at some point. Ours, fortunately, happened on a boat ramp. That's a great place to have it happen. <laughs> yeah, I when, also when did... I drove the truck to the boat ramp. Yeah. I also did every... Why did you turn? Why did you freaking turn? <laughs> So uh, I also have been working on uh, a, a, a slightly smaller project on the kitchen table. I bought off of eBay a $15 watch repair kit. And I have been repairing all of my favorite watches, including uh, uh, NATO straps and all kinds of other things. And I'm totally nerding out on a watch uh, a YouTube channel. And uh, so, yeah, so that has uh, definitely taken my, uh, my, my vision away. While I stare into uh, little monocles and stuff. What items come in a $15 watch repair kit, curiously? Uh, actually, everything you might need, but they are cheap and straight from China. So you get the pin removers, you get the blades, you get like the watch screw down back thingy. You get a thousand things that could pick your nose, but you wouldn't want to. So how how high end of watches? Because just this afternoon, the minute hand fell off my tag again. S- send it to me, and uh, you'll get it back in eight to twelve years. When <laughs> I'm tired of it. Uh, Are you concerned at all about the seal and making sure that it's actually sealed? Because my tag, uh, we got it fixed. Do we get it fixed locally? And the seal came off, and it. Uh, water got in it, and the mother of pearl face went away. So, oh, uh, no, you do you do need to seal it correctly. Yeah. I have read the internet, but I have no idea if I'm doing it correctly. Well, that makes me concerned because a, a professional did it and it didn't seal. And then yeah, both it, it times mine has gone to tag. So yeah, Chrissy I had, had yet. she had dissimilar materials issue where the corrosion with the in the watch compared to the mother of pearl face that didn't go along well. So there was an, a guy in New Hampshire. Uh, who repairs high-end watches and who's very reasonable and a nice guy, good customer service, and very conscientious. He's the one that actually did the repairs. I ended up having to put a new face in and all kinds of stuff. We still ended up cheaper than a new one, but... Uh, That's the kind of thing that makes me concerned about you fixing your own, that we I had a problem with mine, and uh, it ruined it, and basically had to rebuild it. Yeah, the, um, mine, yeah, mine has gone to tag, but we have drifted way, 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 yeah, way off topic. Way off topic. <laughs> I just want to—I'll show everyone my watch. And for those of you not watching at home, you don't get to see this, but you can check out the Gulf Strike oh! band that I stuck on my cheap ass watch. And uh, I, I need that. Yes, I have a—I have a Martini Stripe bands too, but they don't match the watches. Oh come on! So, I know, I know. Yeah, anyway, we have digressed. We should probably move into okay. news and notes. News and notes. News and notes. So, and 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 actually, uh, this ended up in the show notes, and I'm glad someone put it in there. So, the uh, the button willow team I saw one, yay! Uh, right up until the uh, end of the track, you had three cars competing on the lead lap, and a Volkswagen 411 uh, won the IOE. Fascinating because former teammate and taco slash poop connoisseur. Steph Schrader was on that team. Really? I had no idea. (laughs) 
she actually she had texted me and asked me if I was interested in doing it, and I just couldn't make the uh, scheduling work, much less fly out to California and do all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so they had the the four. It's an old Volkswagen, like the evolute last evolution of the Type Three style stuff, the hatchback with the flat engine out of the the nine fourteen. Yeah, uh, wait, wait a second. Let me let me just check here. So four eleven. Those of us who don't know, anything I don't think about I've ever Volkswagen. even. I don't think I've ever even seen a Volkswagen four eleven. But that's because I don't live in California. Yeah, what what is a four eleven? They, they all rusted away two years after they were made. It's a yeah, it's an air old school, one of the last uh, air cooled Volkswagens. It, it's know, like an evolution of the of the the notch back square back. Yeah, wagon. Yes, I think it is. Yeah. All right, Chris, you have gone completely frozen, so it's fascinating hearing you speak with just this this look on your face right now. But, uh, so but, another one. So, but this is, tell me about Isor because I wasn't paying attention. So Isor had how many? Did you say cars on the lead lap? No, no, no. Just the, the right until the end, there were three cars on the lead lap. Oh, oh, three cars. Not Isor had three no, cars. Isor is still running the exact same ghetto charge me out that they've been running for years. That they have so, so incredibly well sorted. And if you ever have some time, look up on Moto IQ. Dave, uh, Dave wrote a few articles about how they got that car together and how it's evolved. And it's really an interesting story. And it, that's a car that has continued to be able to dominate over the years. They have always been a contender. All of them are great drivers. Dave, Sarah, the other folks on the team, they're all great, great drivers. And that car is sorted. And it, yeah, and it, it, it's that is another one of those just textbook examples of folks that started out with this entry level endurance racing. You know, we call it crap can, but it's not really crap can anymore. And the car looks like something that you would have towed if it was parked in your neighborhood for being abandoned. But underneath, it is legit. So it looks like you know just on on the Team Isor uh, webpage, and you can go there on Facebook, and you should like them if you don't already like them. They managed to get 331 laps, uh, and it looks like they just snuck past the number two car by maybe, you know, um, well, the, the, their last time for Team Isor was 218. They had 331 laps, and Nemo Money was 216 on lap 330. So that is just it's tight. Right it's tight. That is that is absolutely you know breathing down your neck. Kind of you make one mistake or one bolt comes loose or something goes sideways, and we've been there a few times. And uh, amazingly, that car has a stock tank in it. They had tried to set up for a while. You could run two fuel tanks, so they had two feeding into the other one. That didn't work. And then they also found it screwed the weight balance up enough in a Miata having this extra tank in there. So they backed to a stock tank. So that's almost their limiting factors. They have to fuel more than everybody else. Well, and if it's that a stock becomes, tank, it's, it, it, it starves, too, at three quarters. Yeah, that becomes the limiting factor for a lot of Miatas in the uh, Lobuck uh, uh, Endurance Series is they just don't have a big enough tank to last as long as some of the other cars out there. And they're not as fuel efficient as you think when you run them high in the RPM band. And because they're mounted up so high, you do get a lot more sloshing than you do in a traditional yeah. Well, a lot of the small cars, that's what you end up running into. Like I was running the Del Sol with, with Craigers and Kurt, and I burned through more than half a tank in an hour of the shift, and I had to Damn. back way off. Right. Damn. Well, I'm used to our 22-gallon cell in the Civic. It's like, how long do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> Your kidneys cannot last as long as that gas tank. Uh, if you're, if you're, it's if close. you need to pee, you're not sweating enough. Work harder. <laughs> anyway, anybody else have any news? No, I, well, I have a... Go ahead, I've, I've got I've got two more things, and uh, I want to throw this out there real quick. So, also uh, some semi mutual friends of ours, 
Brownell and Cam over at the Camden Talk podcast, they do the Radwood, and they now are doing the Radwood 2. So it's cars in the 80s and 90s. It's going to be December 2nd out in Arizona. And even if you don't make it a chance to go out there, uh, you should uh, at least follow that on Facebook. For the first one they did in California, they had a guy show up with an exact model of the Toyota pickup from Back to the Future, complete with the banner that he had done on there and just some great 80s hardware. And the last one, if you guys didn't see this, and I'll be surprised if you didn't. So the infamous, we talked about Speedy Cop last week and the the flaming helicopter. Another one of his creations is the famous Upside Down Camaro, which has been purchased by fellow Lemons racer and competitor Dave Montoya. And he's got it parked in his driveway. Actually, not true. Not it true. is owned by Lemons HQ, and it was lent to David oh, Montoya. Oh, I'm sorry. I got that sideways. Yes, I also thank was you, bringing this you. to the table. Go oh, on. Okay, then excellent. So, yes. So, so it's been parked in Dave Montoya's driveway, and he got a letter from his HOA that says, owning a home in a community association offers many advantages to the homeowner. Bull crap. And, but at the same time, those are some restrictions. These restrictions are not meant as an inconvenience, but an or an invasion of your freedom, but rather as a means of maintaining harmony in your community. Bull during crap. September 15th, yeah, during a September 15th walkthrough, we noted that you had a vehicle in your driveway that is not in compliance with the governing documents. So section 4.9, blah, blah, blah. All permanent parking areas shall be used solely for the parking of motor vehicles used for personal transportation. The vehicle cannot be kept in the driveway. Please have it removed in the next 15 days. And, of course, it's a picture of a Ford truck, so everyone makes jokes about, eh, it's my old Ford truck, I'll get it running, next to the infamous upside-down Camaro. And it's like 88 shares, 115 comments on this, on everything, and it brought me back to the days of when I had to move into an HOA-controlled community. And the first thing I did was make sure I got elected on the board, because that (laughs) was going to fly on my watch. The thing about the upside-down Camaro is that it's actually – registered titled and like street tag street legal yep. it's tagged it's a car perfectly functional car it's Absolutely. a it's a ford festiva and that's what it's titled as and so be it and you know that brings me back too to when when i first moved to pennsylvania christy and i lived in a condo in Pottstown, and we had the fiero for babe rally you guys remember the fiero oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah. and the spectacular paint job that that was well we did that in the in the parking lot of the condo complex outside our garage <laughs> With rattle, rattle cans and oh, tape. Yeah. <laughs> And then we got a nasty gram in the mail a couple of days later. So nice, funny. Nice. So uh, I actually brought a news story. If you guys are ready for this, um, it actually came out in Jalopnik today, a little bit earlier. That um, brand new NSXs, and I am making slight of a callback here, are basically <laughs> rotting away on Acura dealerships, and there is some serious discounting going on. In the Acura dealerships on the brand new S on the brand new SX and SXs, at the same exact time, the brand new SIs are getting ten thousand dollars tacked on to their uh, to their build sheets. You know the ripoff sheets. Well, everything I've heard about the new SI is that it really is a phenomenal, phenomenal car right, in sorry, every possible the, way. Not the SI, the Type R. I said SI. I meant oh, Type sorry, R. Sorry, I, I know what yeah. you meant. The CTR. Absolutely. Everyone said it's really a fantastic, fantastic car. And here's the difference. Many people can afford a 30-something thousand dollar amazing performance Honda. Well, not, make it a $40,000 Right. One well, even still, yeah. you can afford even that. Still, not all that many people can afford a $160,000 performance Honda. As spectacular as it is, it's not going to sell all that many. It's just not. Just it, it, That's almost what we paid for the house. Yep. 
Well, and here is the uh, the two different, I guess, uh, uh, competing ads that they showed. One is a blue Type R with, you know, standard kind of everything else, and it is more than ten thousand dollars on it. It is labeled at fifty nine thousand seven hundred and seventy five on an MSRP of thirty four thousand dollars. That's just someone being overly optimistic. That's never going to go for anything even close to that. And here is a a dealership in New Jersey offering a 2017 Acura NSX with the VIN. $189,000 is listed. MSRP of $200,000 listed at $189,000. And then lower in the ad was, I'll sell it for $155,700. And will be any price from anywhere, and I will beat any price from anywhere. Been in the community for years. I'm an NSX owner myself. Please check BridgewaterAcura.com for pictures. So that is a that's a very nice ad for four thousand dollar discount. And Jeff, you've driven one of those NSXs, and you said it was spectacular. I have. Amazingly spectacular. The 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 torque when you come out of a turn. I was only on a racetrack. I was not on the street. Um, it was with the extreme experience, supercar driving experience. And I really think on a, on a, on a good track with someone who does not really know what they're doing, I I could make it go around that track as fast as the Ferraris because there's just so much torque everywhere. You're also used to not having any torque. That's true. Torque makes me, makes my pants tight, but, um, (laughs) The, the one awesome thing about it is because it has the, you know, the, the motor and the electric motors, you can hear the whine of the electric motors. Like when you get on it and you're low, you can hear the buzzing from the electric motors. And it's just it, it's another visceral experience that you wouldn't expect. And that's one thing about the, the old NSX, too, that I'm enjoying is that it's. It's very genuine. The whole driving experience is very genuine. It's a it's a fairly basic car. Like compared to our old Z4M coupe, it's missing a lot of features that the, that the BMW had. Like there's no memory seats, there's no Bluetooth, there's none of that crap. It's it's just like a car, which is really kind of nice and refreshing. And it's also just very visceral. Every you feel the engine rubble behind you. You feel everything through the steering wheel. You feel things through the shifter. Everything about it. You know exactly what's going on in the whole car, and it's something you just can't get anymore. Yeah, I also want to mention that you know you you said that you know people can't afford an NSX. I don't think that's it. I think the NSX is still a niche cult vehicle, even yours. Not everyone is going to know what it is. Nobody dreamed. Nobody had a picture of an NSX on there, you know, when they were 14 years old. I beg to you, differ. It was a bedroom, oh, no, 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 it was no, a bedroom no, wall no. poster car. Not, was, it wasn't yeah, a Countach, but come yeah, on. I was going to say, it, it exactly. didn't have a Countach. No, there, were, there were plenty of, you know, half-clad, surgically altered models all over NSXs. <laughs> and, the, and the infamous poverty sucks or justification for a higher education posters towards the end of it. Absolutely, there were. That was, that, was a, that was a bedroom wall car. No, no. In the magazines. In the import uh, magazines. It, it it never made a big splash in Gran Turismo and a lot of the other I'm sure video it did. games. Absolutely. You when which ones I, did you yeah, play? I'm, I'm, with, it was, I'm with I'm with the Chris's on this one. <laughs> it was all over GT two three. Like they even had various different liveries of the NSXs. Like it was a, it was a huge epic thing. Yeah, in those. The NSX and also this was the dawn of the super 
Japanese supercar. You, you'd had Japanese performance cars. But at the time the NSX came to the shore, you had the 300Z twin turbo, the super twin turbo, the r oh, twin turbo. So it was like the Japanese said, okay, we're in the supercar game now. We're doing it big. And the NSX, well, yeah. yeah. The NSX was the first by a bunch of years. The, the, the RX-7 didn't years. come out until 93. The Nissan yeah. didn't come out until – actually, Nissan was about the same time as the NSX, but the NSX was, was in a different league. Uh, oh, absolutely. I'm not saying the NSX isn't a fantastic car, but I'm saying dollar per dollar and how much you're getting. I mean, have you seen the Supra prices? Oh, yeah. That's why I bought Superstar. an NSX. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Supras well, are getting that you, that you don't vape and iron the brims of your hat flat. True. 2JZ, no shit. 2JZ, <laughs> yo. 2JZ, yo. <laughs> Uh, but like I said, I I just don't think I, and when I was instructing with Extreme Experience, people were coming. They're like, we I bought my totally dad sponsor this show, the, by the way. It should. I bought my dad laps in the Ferrari because he he always wanted the Ferrari. And even the kids who lived on Gran Turismo, they wanted the GTR or the Evo. They were that was to them more, yeah. and and they're stupid. They're wrong. I'm telling you right now, they're wrong. Every, but I'm saying every kid in an Integra that I or that I pass is like breaking his neck as I go by. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember living in Oklahoma with my three buddies that had NSXs, and I had my 911. And yeah, you know, it was like, oh, who parked the Beetle next to the supercars? Uh, just you know, the NSXs draw their own crowd. And I would argue that the, the new one, it's it's a niche vehicle, but there's a bigger ploy, and it's happening with the Focus RS. It's happening with the True. Shelby GT350R. It's happening with all these limited production specialty models is the dealership model is screwing this over. Oh, Focus RS, yeah, we're just going to charge $10,000 more because we can. And, and, and I, I guarantee they they're doing the same crap with the NSX. Terrible. They're, they're, they're discontinuing because it it's not selling because every dealer is screwing the whole thing up. You, you mean it's the RX, ridiculous. right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. well, just any yeah. of the supercars. And the yeah. Civic Type R, I worry it's going to go in the same way. It's just the dealers, dealers are screwing this whole thing up by trying to be greedy. I mean, I've, I worked at a car dealer before. Yeah. I, we had some really hot models, like, you know, weird things, like when the Sienna came out in 05, I was like, oh, man. you know. But we could get sticker for them all day because there was a six-month waiting list, but that's it. We stopped. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, Mental, hold on. <laughs> Six month waiting list for a Sienna. Yeah, when that came Sienna out, that people, was a hot Sienna thing. People are hard. They're I had, like Odyssey people. Sienna people and Odyssey people. That you think Ford and Chevy is bad? No, Toyota, oh, yeah. Honda, man. I had uh, a year, a year waiting list for the Prius when they redid this for the second. Oh, I believe Prius, a Prius. I had a year waiting list. That, that I understand. Too. But the Sienna, I, I'm making the WTF face in the. No. I, whatever I made lots my, of money coworker, my coworker, coworker has a Sienna and she friggin loves that thing like shopped for it and settled on look, it we're, look we're not here to talk Siennas let's move on to the next topic well, here's unless the anybody topic. has anything more to say on this some other day some right. other some day other we can day. say that so here's we'll our, main, so another time. our main topic here how yeah. do you create and keep a functional crap can racing team this is a really difficult Great topic. topic. Great it's topic. one that every new team has to struggle with as they get into this, and it's going to be a different answer somewhat for everybody. So mm -hmm. we're going to talk about a variety of the different ways you can do this. 
And we've been lucky. We have a great group of people that make up Three Pedal Mafia. We've been able to endure over the years and go through all kinds of different phases. And we, we're still here. We still like each other. And we've only had to not invite a few people back for arriving drives. But our, our, effect, our core group and, keeps growing. And you say luck. But, but genuinely, how much of that was sincere, honest effort you guys put into personality matching? In fact, I would argue that you guys especially at the beginning of this team, chose personality matching and uh, a, a teamwork mentality over driver capability. Well, we still do. Yeah. Well, because you can teach people how to drive. Right. I can't hey. teach you not to be a jerk. You can teach some people how to drive. I think the, uh, the, the jury is still out when my skills come to play, but you know. <laughs> hey, you know what? You were right there, man. You were right there. Yeah, I know. I, I, when, when was the last time you saw a penalty box, Jeff? Uh, New Jersey. We, we don't. We don't need to bring that up. Do yeah, we? no penalty box is one thing. Wait, wait. When is the last time Jeff saw a penalty box in the dry? Can we? Can we go there? It was dry enough. It was not. Okay. Anyway, so we are talking about <laughs> yeah, our building. Team. We want to do like a team. Super well, quick. A team. well first off, team. first off, you your team has to be agree on a goal. What are your goals as a team? You all have to align. Is your goal to bring the worst IOE ridiculous car that you can possibly find? Something like an like a Volkswagen four one one, right? Or like what NSF NSF does? They bring this janky ass terrible <laughs> things no constantly. They pull them out of a swamp yeah, Bob every pulls, time. Bob pulls them like out of a it. swamp every time, and, that's, and, and then he gets Sasha involved to cut the roofs off. I don't know why that's a good la, idea, la, but, la, exactly. la. <laughs> but that's that's what works for them, and it 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 works and they like it and they keep coming back and everyone likes to see it. I don't, I, I, I don't want to do that every time, but it works for them. We've and I'm going to, I'm going to suck. One, one morning I had to go over there and get something from those guys. When we were down at CMP, it was when they had the tempest and I go over there and Sasha's in the car. Cars have been on the track for 30 minutes and those guys are so hung over. No one is moving. And Sasha is sitting in the car like he is on his way to a funeral. He could not want to be in that car less. And they're kind of doing the safety check, but they're doing it really, really slow. And every now and again, someone just kind of turns yellow and has to stop and catch their breath. And they're like, okay, you're good to go. And Sasha goes and puts his hands on the wheels and then goes, oh, wait, where are my gloves? And then they spend another 20 minutes, can't find his gloves, and went and got him somebody's gloves just so he could go out on the track. But it goes to your point of they all knew that's how NSF was going to go down there and drive. And they and they got exactly what they wanted. And somehow NSF keeps getting overserved in the evening at races. I don't know how that keeps working, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, so be it. Those are words straight out of Bob's mouth. Um, <laughs> you know, and then there's other people that have to run pointy end A cars. And if they are not in the contention, they're like, well, I don't, I don't even care. And they stop and they go home. But if that's your goal to be in the top 10 every single day, okay, make sure you agree. Uh, and then there's lots of teams in the middle that just want to go to the track and have a nice time with their friends. And that's wonderful. That, that's like, you know, the steady eddies. We need those people rowing the boat to keep paying for the, for everyone who wants to do their IOEs and everyone who wants to do their pointy stuff. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Because I've I've been on the hey you know we're not playing around you need to run this time or less and uh, and you've got to be out there and you be consistent and otherwise you're coming out of the car and I've, and the teams that I've been on that have done that they've made that clear from the get go which 
it puts some pressure on you, but at the same time, it's a bit of a compliment. Okay, you know, they consider me good enough to come out here and run with these guys. And but they 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 put that up front, and then yeah, okay, this is going to take us forty minutes to fix. Put it on the trailer. We're done. We're not we're not going to use up any more gas. We're not going to use up any more tires. We're not going to risk the car if we can't put it on a podium. Put it on the trailer. And, and really, that's the kind of you have. Like you said, you have to know what you're getting into because I have very little desire to be on the team that can't get into the themes, that can't have a good time, that doesn't hang out. That, to be honest with you is not ready to wrench until your fingers fall off <laughs> to make one more freaking lap. Because that's what I like doing. So it, it really does take all flavors and, and, and designs out there to make the world go around. And I don't blame those guys. I don't think they're less. That's just not my gig. Well, it's interesting. We as a team have done all of the above at one time or another, except throw in the trailer because we can't fix it. Because, frankly, you're all at the track. You're all there. No one's doing anything. Once the car's broken, you might as well have people fix the thing because well, you're all there. Uh, unless it's like Sunday afternoon, we might call right. it. But, you know, there's plenty of things that if it's sure. something detrimental well, now, on now, Sunday. Now, Chrissy, Chrissy, have you ever, though, have you guys ever called If there was a chance to take the checker, have you guys ever called it? Uh, NCM. Yeah, yes. We have NCM and Hamza's car. We said that's well, just yes. not going to get fixed by the checkers. So well, no, no. I say because that was the thing. If there's ever been a chance to take the checker, not be competitive. If you knew you could put the car back out there in time to take the checker, have you ever put it on the trailer? Honda wheel bearing, well, New Jersey. Uh, yeah. Our third race with the Civic, it sheared off a hub on the right front. Yeah, we, this was bad. It was like on like the second shift of the day. This is the boat's debut race when the boat went IOE. We scoured the world for a new Civic part for the Civic EX spindle and hub, and we couldn't find a hub anywhere. I knew there was one at my mom's house in Massachusetts, and we were in southern New Jersey, and that was a nine-hour drive each way or eight-hour drive each way, and we said no, and we just stopped, and that was it for the Civic for the weekend, but that was the only time we've ever stopped, and that was because it was really we could not realistically find the parts. We So the answer, the answer is yes, we have done it, but we no. have to— we, No, you haven't because there wasn't a chance to get that car back on the trailer. Or get car back on the track. You 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 pulled chocks because you couldn't get it back on the track. Yeah, short of going and finding a '91 Civic EX sedan, which is kind of a hard find in the first place, to steal a hub out of only that's that's about the only thing that would have put that car back on track. I think the bigger thing is is we we think about it as a team to make sure that sure. like we did a whole lot to uh, AER race. Uh, to oh, yeah. trans in. So I mean, like we thought about every every time we said, okay, this is what time of day it is. This is how much race we have left. What is how bad is it? And is it something that we can actually should we expend the energy to make it happen? Is it, it, but it's a different mentality than than you've referenced that we're not just like okay, we're not in contention, we're not going. Well, that AR is, that AR is a great example in that we had that trans in and out three different times. It exploded all over the bench. We kept putting new ones in, and we finally got the new one in, and the trans worked great. And then we found we had nicked an axle seal and we were leaking trans fluid and nobody had an axle seal. None of the parts trans were the right size. No one around, no parts store had it. That was it. All we were going to do, we could go out and drive, but we were going to oil down the track for everybody else. And we said, it's not fair. It was Sunday midday. And we said, well, that's it. Like, we're done. Yeah. We also put, I mean, almost a thousand miles. (laughs) Jesus High five, Mark. Jeff. High five, Jeff. We, yeah, we drove exactly. a lot that weekend, not on the track. We drive a lot, but not on the track. But here's another thing. We also have more than one car at the track pretty much all the time. And if one thing goes down, we have a team that pulls together 
and make sure everybody gets some laps. Sure. Like the remember the time the TR blew two engines in a weekend? I mean, that was oh, a yeah. sad, sad time. But, you know, we talked to the guys that were running the Civic in the boat, and we said, do we want to, you know, it's up to you guys. You're going to lose some seat time. We want to make some room for those those guys to try to get out and have some seat time because they've had a lousy weekend. But everybody unanimously said, absolutely. Let's get everybody a sure. shift so everyone can drive. Absolutely. That's, but that's kind of the and, team cohesion we have. And they and also I, gave I, me... Oh, God. They gave me 20 minutes in their Mustang at the AER race after I drove I all dri- across the country. I didn't drive at all. Yeah. But that's okay. I remember in New Jersey, uh, we spent the entire weekend rebuilding the boat motor again. And just because the idea was, well, it needs to take the checker, you know. And then, yeah, that, that janky, sketchy junkyard in New Jersey sold us a an air quotes guaranteed motor, which, you know, not even close Oh, you guys must have done something wrong. We're not hey, giving you your money back. We we disputed those charges in the credit card and got our money back. That's right, American Express. Boss, yo, boss, yo. More work. Uh huh. Was. So an an interesting point that was brought up here. So when you get on these teams, you know they do fall into a uh, there's there's a, there's the alpha male kind of mentality, and then there's the the consensus type mentality. And one of the teams that I run on that it's uh, with uh, the Inglorious Bass Turds, spelled like you know T U R D out of Texas. It's, it's Jerry Ringle. He's a fantastic guy. And he runs with a bunch of guys that he's known since he was in high school, but it is absolutely clear that is Jerry's car. And you, you know, Jerry built the car and when something's broke, Jerry's underneath the car and it's just, look, dude, just hand me the wrench. It's my car. And I don't think there's a bolt on that car. He hasn't turned, but he's not a jerk about it. He's not going to, okay, get out of the car so I can take the, you know, the, the glory moment, but you know, he's going to run that car and it's going to be his and you're going to, follow the lead on that one. But again, he makes that abundantly clear when you show up at the track. This is my time. Then one of the great times, and we've talked about this before, is uh, Dustin and the guys down in Sebring or down in uh, Orlando, Florida with the Fat Crack team. And I went down to there and ran with those guys in their inaugural race. And their whole thing was, we want to finish and not go in the penalty box. And they met that goal. Car busted up a couple times and it stormed raining and they, uh, they were gone. They learned a whole lot. And now they're actually a fairly competitive chump team. In fact, they, you know, I think we talked about it, they finished uh, fourth in class. So it is, it's, if you're a team owner and you're doing this, you need to figure out what your goals are and you've got to surround yourself with people that are going to adhere to those goals. So because if you're a go to the track and have fun guy, nothing is worse than having your car wadded up by one of these pointy end people that wants to go fast and is taking low probability passes and doing stupid crap. Or the other way around, if you're someone that really wants to push for the top 10, you can't have someone that's going to be half-assing it around the track. And we've been in all of the above scenarios. We have had IOE cars that the whole goal was touch the brakes only once a lap or just, <laughs> really like just make it last. And that's it. Oh, yeah. And, and then we've also had like, more recently, we've had cars where you, you best be going quickly. You have to because we are at the pointy end of the field now. And if you are two seconds a lap slower, that's the difference between first and second why place. Are, why are you looking at me? Stop looking at me. Because <laughs> we're in the same room. Thanks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, and, and, and Chrissy, we've had this conversation that 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 stopped being you a few years ago. Quite I, I'm, years I am I am sold at least two seconds slower, and he's no, no. At NCM, you were within. I think you were ninety seconds within me and Chris, and Chris and I were within a thousandth of each other. Which sorry. is why Chris pulled the wheels off the car, so I couldn't catch him. Sorry, I was off. I'm oh, sorry. Did I say that out loud? I was off that day. I can't. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but like, we, yeah, I was gonna say, I, I'll put Chris against any other driver out there, including yourself, mental. I know you got a lot, a lot, a lot well, of laps out there. In, in, but in his, in in his, his cars, car, 
in no his touching. car, Absolutely. there's yes. no touching, Chris. What's so kudos to you, pretty boy. <laughs> but Aww, if, when Chris, thanks, and I, Chris and I get in, Chris and I get into a non-Chris built car, uh, what's interesting is he'll. I, in fact, I can't think of a time when you weren't, uh, you didn't turn a faster lap than I did. But you know, and and you brought this up to me at NCM was that I'll turn a lot of laps quicker or quickly, and then you'll always be faster. Jeff, I, I have, I have a quick something to say. So, Mental, when's the last time you got a black flag? And, Chris, please, same question. When's the last time <laughs> you got a black flag? Well, I managed to get the very first black flag at NCM, my first black flag. The very first two, one, yeah. In, like, two years, I think. And I looked at the uh, the chart later. It was 27 minutes into the race. I mean, now – to my credit, I beat the call. I, I pulled in and they're like, why are you here? And then the radio call came in. Hey, the guy in the BMW passed under yellow. And it Always was, passed under yellow. It was a straight up red mist. Okay, hair man, shut up. up. Chris, when is the last time you got a black flag? Isn't he the hair man now? Look at his hair. It is this getting is a little long. flowy. Quality um, over quantity. Don't, uh, don't ever get that. Stuff. The last black flag I had was two and a half years ago i think we were at cmp fall that was the time we were trying for b that dan crashed the car i was coming <laughs> i was coming up to the kink and there was a subaru on impreza on my right and as we're coming and i i could hold the corner way better than he could and as we're coming into it he starts to slide over and he's not going to make the corner with a whole car line car with and so i i went off four off and the car did a little dance but it gathered it up and on track, but that was the last one. Maple love got down tonight. It was fine. Yeah, no, it was no, awesome. No bump, no nothing. Just you know, I knew it wasn't going to happen, so I went four okay. real straight off. We're a little off topic here. Yeah, I was okay. going to say last notes on team cohesion and team building around the horn. Anybody, what you got? Clear communication of both expectations of the driver and of the team, and you've got to be honest with yourself about it. Chris, what you got? So I um, didn't talk much in this this whole thing. So I think um, making the person, uh, making your teammates feel like they're worth it and they're good, oh, and good uh, making sure that they are working on their strong points. So legit, half of it's legit. half of it's driving, but half of it's plenty of the time that we're most of the time you're standing around, right? So making sure that you are. Um, focused on giving everybody jobs and jobs that fit with them, finding complementary skills. And uh, it's a lot of it. We've actually, Chris and I have talked about it at length about, it's a lot of manager stuff. So it's like how to make your team feel like they're worth it and uh, they're doing a good job and trying to hone in on people's strengths and making them better teammates. Um, I think that really makes it so that they want to come back and they feel valued in whatever they're doing. Somebody had management. In their junior year of college, hey, right there. All of those training sessions that work put me through for managerial stuff coming in handy here. <laughs> <laughs> Sell out. But we've definitely and, uh, had like one one to ones with some of our teammates and talked to them about how they are working and uh, how they work together and what they can uh, improve on. So and how they're not coming back ever again. And well, we we're not just no, uh, <laughs> Chris, Chris, you got one last thing here, and then I'll go and we'll wrap this up. New teams. Get money up front. You're going to have a lot of people that are going to say, oh, this oh, is going to yeah. be so great. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's solid advice. God, everyone, thank every, you. Before thank your you. first race, everyone's got to put the money up front. I don't care what you do. If you do $100 at a time or you do $1,000 at a time, everyone puts an equal amount up front because that's when the rubber hits the road. And, and when does the rubber hit the road and everybody quits? Like a week out. And yeah. then one guy's holding it's the It's probably bag. like a month, really. Yeah, I mean, but like I said... 
if somebody puts all the money up front and they're like, oh, I'll bring it to the track, that dude's not showing up. Or he might show up and none of his loser friends are and then everyone else is going <laughs> to feel bad for him and try to help him when he gets there. Absolutely. I, I'll give one last topic uh, on this, one last thought on this, I should, on this topic, I should say. You know, you're going to be in the highs and lows of life when you're doing endurance racing. You're going to win things. You're going to accomplish things. And you're also going to want to throw a hammer at your teammates. And you're going to just be totally desolate, in the rain, unhappy with a broken car. You need to make sure that the douchebags you decide to hang out with for this three or four days is, like, tight. And you're willing to hang out with these douchebags through thick and thin. Anyway, let's end that topic and move on to our favorite part of the day. It's time for Just the Tip. No, 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 Jeff. Whoa, 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 whooa, whoa, 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 Lemons has released their new schedule for 2018. 2018 in April, they are coming to NOLA Motorsports Park, where I was the chief instructor for Extreme Experience, who needs to sponsor this show for six months. It's a great track. I know a bunch of the great drivers down there. One of the better guys, retired Navy guy, he came up with a brilliant theme. Go buy a cheap plasma screen, put it in your rear window, show porn the entire race because no one wants to pass you. That, and was, so, that was like the Murder, She Wrote team on the West Coast. They said, well, yes. we play Murder, She Wrote episodes, no one will pass us until I find out what happened. Yeah, but then, you know, again, porn, because by the time they suddenly find themselves not interested, then they just need a nap. So well, my question, uh, we, question. We've got, who wants who but, wants have a bunch of laps of staring at some sweaty guy's but, face going? Eh, what, eh. what What is a lap time at NOLA? Is depends it like a two minute lap? Depends on what configuration they run. They've got a uh, a two a two seven five and then a, a mile and a half configuration. It's all flat. There's no banking. So uh, let's go with two minutes, two minute laps, because there's a there's a thirty two hundred foot straightaway at Nola. Okay, so your idea is really only to keep me behind the car for like one lap. Sure. Well, no, no, totally that good. was his, that was that was his idea for the theme. My idea is I'm that saying my after- usual. My usual porn watching habit is about two minutes. That's what I was exactly, saying. Exactly. But then you need a nap. Then your aggression is all out. Uh, now, yeah, okay, <laughs> you, you've convinced me. But then okay, it's going to go slower. <laughs> exactly. And so everyone behind you goes slower. Terrible. So, so my suggestion is, is instead of you guys taking the Civic back after Barber in February, leave it here, and then we go, then we bring it down to NOLA. You guys fly down there a little early, and then uh, we do the race weekend because that's my spring break. And uh, so I'll be down there in time. And plus, it's New Orleans, and you can't go wrong in New Orleans, man. Well, you can, but I think we have proved that you can absolutely go wrong in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, you can, and you totally should. Fish bowls I have a, I have a are quote. not a good Fish answer. Bowls, I guess that's she's what not a listener, but like. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll make her a listener. Yeah. Um, all right, My so favorite bar down there has bacon, mac, and cheese until 2 in the morning. All right, so, Mitzel, let me clarify. So what you want to do is we're already bringing the car down for Road Atlanta. You, we are proposing we're going to leave it with you for Barber, and we're going to race Barber, and then after Barber, we're going to tow it home. 
and then we're going to run in New Jersey, our normal home track, to, to, you know, in, in May. You're proposing Correct. we continue to leave it with you, and then the NOLA race is in April, I believe, right? First week of April, April, uh, April seventh and eighth. All right, so the bugs will only be the size of small birds at the point, as opposed to pterodactyls. Um, <laughs> just and it's just prior to hurricane season, so it'll be nice and humid. Sure. It'll be fantastic. Sure. So we, you're proposing you're selling we, us on this, really. So you're proposing it's we, a run, great track we run that race. And then you want to keep it again and then run CMP Spring, which is two weeks before our home track event opener at New Jersey. Because the car will be completely shaken down by then. You'll know everything that needs to be done. Yeah, and because... you're going to fix everything that breaks. Because last time that oh, we had the car... Oh, hell no. You, do you trust me to fix that or do you want to just come down can, here? Can, I, can, I, vote? Yeah. can yeah. I vote? Yeah. Can I vote? Yeah. Come down here for a week. Mental, buy your own gosh darn race car <laughs> if you want to race the entire South Series. And we will come down and we, race it any time you would like us to. We tried we that and it was an epic, epic, epic failure. And it wasn't a failure of my arrive and drives. It was a failure of my team ownership. Right. So it was a terrible car. So therefore you're asking us to leave our very nicely sorted and fairly high maintenance, high strung at this point car with you for six which months I, for four which races. I, which I promise not to touch unless under your explicit instructions and detailed instructions on how to do it. It doesn't work and that it way. Will, Come down. You'll be frozen up there anyway. Uh, You'll want a work weekend. Come down here. You're, you're, it's cheap to fly to Atlanta. You think Actually, I have time to do this? We're getting married next year. I don't have time for takeoff for stuff like that. We've got stuff to do. Chris, actually, you hit a great point. Is It is the maintenance level of the Civic that would be very difficult with this. Unlike, you know, the Ombre, which is like breaks about as much as a hammer. I mean, I like where this is going. How about the, I like the old where this Civic. is going. The, the or Civic, the old Civic, the Civic, the old one. Civic, with the, the old Civic, motor, sure. like whatever. We did nothing. Like we we changed the oil between races, and like oh, the, right. the ball joint's wearing out. Okay, replace that. That's it. Now it's a little high strung. That's why it's a front runner, and that's it. Takes it takes a difference. All right, here's mental. Here's my my ultimate thought on this. If we win an overall between now and through the end of Barber, you can keep it, and we'll run Nola and or CMP. All right. Deal. For those of you Deal. not listening on the video, Chrissy is shaking her head oh, and rolling darn. her eyes <laughs> like we you would not believe. If we she win is clearly overall, voting against this. If we, no, no, no. I mean, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think so either. But if it does, if we win an overall at Road America, at, sorry, Road Atlanta, Atlanta, or Barber, different, or New Hampshire, any of the three, we're not trying at New Hampshire. Well, maybe we will. Who knows? I'm ready. If we win an overall at any of those three. Then yes, you can keep cool. it and do a little tour of the south. All right, car owner mad. has spoken. Oh, he, can right. it. he can read it. He can read it. It's time All for right. just the tip. just the tip. Everyone is disappointed. Okay, so this week we are talking about driver's gear. So when you take your uh, suit off and you unfold it from your gross bag when you bring it home, which happens every race because Chris closes every race. No, no, gross. Chris closes every race. We just fold up his race his suit. <laughs> Jeff is throwing up. Um, so that actually usually happens. So take it out of your bag. And look at everything. What actually happened this this race? Make sure that you take it out. And if you need to wash your suit, do it then. Don't wait till right before the race because chances are you're going to think about uh, trying to get everything else ready and you forget that your suit is gross. Has your suit ferments and, and, in the bag. And now, yeah, now it's moldy. Yes. Right. So take it all out and look at it 
make sure that everything is good to go. Um, make sure that there's no holes in your suit. And if you have a hole in your suit, why, you should. Why are you looking at me? I am looking at you because you are infamous for having a hole in your suit. Do you want Break to tell the ass. Ass. Hey, you had fire resistant <laughs> duct tape over that hole. <laughs> Tech, te- technically, it was uh, it was uh, it was uh, what, what the heck was it? It wasn't duct tape. It was uh, electrical uh, tape. No, no, tape. gorilla tape. It was gorilla tape. Gorilla tape. So also not FIA or SFI certified. So, so, so but, also, but also fitting. It it had a flap. I was only closing the flap on the Miami. Uh-huh. Tell that hey, when hey, you're hey, on hey, fire, Jeff. Jeff, this is not your tip. Shut up. Right. All right so, <laughs> okay, so that we did put that in there because we wanted to focus on your hole in your suit. So you should also um, consider, like, are your gloves okay? Do you have any holes forming in your gloves? Um, how about the soles of your shoes, which totally happens in crap can cars Lock because e- everything goes. is hot and your heel usually goes uh, quickly. I've totally melted the bottoms of my shoes off, especially in the, the boat with the the S10 chassis has the exhaust manifold running right under the gas pedal. So I've melted through the soles of my old G4 shoes. And I had a pair of Oakley external seam gloves, which are incredibly comfortable. But oh, they were the best. within like five races, the fabric wore through. It was terrible. And I've, I've, I've had a situation where they were my old shoes, but because they're not designed to be walked in, I was using them for refueling shoes. And I've just actually worn holes in racing shoes because they're not designed for any sort of friction. So you, you just got to keep an eye on that stuff. Uh, absolutely. I'll say one more thing. Uh, I have found that my very expensive uh, Sparco, all kinds of shiny suit actually wears out a lot faster than my old school pro band cotton crappy one. So Did you, say, you do got to check that stuff. Absolutely. Check, check it all and uh, make sure that you go through all of your gear, wash it if it needs to and, uh, and, and ask for it to be re- or replace it. There's always sales. There's uh, Christmas is coming. So make sure you ask your significant other and or family to get you some new suits because that's you're in closeouts. You're hey, in closeouts too. Moms are a great person to buy you safety gear. You know, who's a great mom. Chrissy's mom. <laughs> Chrissy's mom is great. We have reached the end <laughs> of another show. Thank you for downloading us. We hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Everyone Racers. We also hope you join us in the world of driving, racing, and building because everyone can be a racer, even you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please just put the subscribe button on wherever you get your podcast. If you didn't like us, Download and like us on Facebook and tell us why. We'll read all the hate mail we get. If you have any, yes. Uh, if you also want to check us out, like the Facebook page of our race team, Three Pedal Mafia. And if you want to help us produce the show, please donate to the cause at 